chapter twenty one of from tangier to tripoli by frank g carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b amid the ruins of old carthage i have spent the whole of today among the ruins of carthage the french have excavated them and made many valuable discoveries lying on the shore of the mediterranean sea beyond the lake on which tunis is situated the ruins cover some thousands of acres the centre of old carthage was about twelve miles from tunis and the phoenician capital reached even to tunis itself to defend its landward side the city had a wall twenty-three miles long in the height of its glory it is said to have had more than a million inhabitants and even when it was destroyed after its long war with rome it contained more than seven hundred thousand people during that war it furnished armies of enormous size when hannibal went from spain to invade italy he took ninety thousand men and forty elephants with him over the pyrenees and the alps and during the first punic war a fleet started out from carthage with three hundred and fifty ships of a capacity of one hundred and fifty thousand troops each of the ships had an iron beak to ram the boats of the enemy and was manned by sailors who were the best of ancient times that was during the closing days of carthage the mighty shortly afterward the romans destroyed it and ploughed up the ground upon which it stood later still they founded another city upon its site which they made their capital of africa and which was for a long time the third city of the world the ruins of roman carthage are still to be seen here but far more interesting to me is carthage the mighty that famous city favored by juno jupiter's henpecking wife and founded tradition says by dido the semitic princess of tyre after dido's husband had been assassinated by her brother pygmalion she fled to this part of north africa like jessica old shylock's daughter she did not go away empty-handed her ship was loaded with her treasures from the royal palaces of her brother and herself and she took enough people to found a new empire when she first set foot on african soil queen dido bought land of the natives and by a real estate trick obtained for a song this big tract upon which carthage stood when our forefathers purchased the site of new york from the indians the price was a peck of glass beads and brass buttons it is said that all chicago was once offered for a pair of old boots and that the ground upon which melbourne one of the richest cities of australia now stands was sold for two old woolen blankets the thrifty dido bought the site of this greatest city of antiquity at a somewhat similar rate according to tradition she told the natives that she wanted only a patch of land big enough to be enclosed in a bull's hide and they made a contract of sale on those terms but queen dido cut the bull's hide into leather shoestrings and tying them together took in what seemed to the natives all out of doors the tract ran around a beautiful harbor enclosing the whole peninsula between the lake and the sea it was gently sloping with a little hill here and there with great rocky mountains in sight in the rear the land itself was exceedingly rich and the country about it produced so abundantly that it was for centuries one of the world's great wheat lands as i drove out to carthage today i saw american windmills on great towers of steel agitating the air 
inhabited by the ghosts of the old carthaginians the windmills came from chicago but the city on whose site they now stand once ranked as far greater than chicago punic carthage was the chief business center of the old world and its captains of industry and trust magnates were as powerful as those of chicago now are founded in eight twenty two b c it was prominent when athens was young and long before rome had begun to be the carthaginians had their colonies throughout the known world they owned the greater part of sicily and many other mediterranean islands and had large settlements on the spanish peninsula more than two thousand years before bartholomew diaz or vasco da gama started out to explore africa hanno the carthaginian had sailed out of the strait of gibraltar with sixty ships and some thirty thousand men he made his way down around the west coast of this continent to the gulf of guinea bringing back stories of the ebony negroes the mighty elephants and the gorillas for centuries thereafter many tales of his were thought to be lies but they have since been proved true the carthaginians established colonies on the west coast of africa they sent their ships to great britain they had commercial centers everywhere they were among the richest people of the world and about the best traders they carried on business as a close corporation allowing no foreigners to deal with their colonies such as dared do so were captured and drowned as time went on they sent caravans across the sahara to the sudan and over the libyan desert to the valley of the nile lying before me as i write is a picture of old carthage the carthage that rome conquered reproduced by a french antiquarian the city which was of vast extent was somewhat like the great oriental capitals of today its buildings were white and flat roofed about it was a wall twenty miles in circumference and loftier than the great wall of china it was over fifty feet in height while the towers at regular intervals upon it were many feet higher this wall was used for defense as well as for barracks to contain the army built into it were stalls for three hundred war elephants and four thousand war horses storage places sufficient to supply them all with food and quarters for tens of thousands of soldiers old carthage had a forum a market-place and magnificent public buildings it had an artificial harbor restored in miniature by the french which was so arranged that the entrance could be shut at night by chains the door leading into it was only sixty feet wide but this admitted the ships to two ports so connected that the vessels could sail from one to the other it was a city of fine houses and cultured people who owned quantities of gold and precious stones their jewelry being equal to any sold in our best stores today as one can easily see from the collection in the museum which stands on its site the carthage i have described was utterly destroyed one hundred and forty-six years before christ and almost a century passed before another city began to rise on its ruins this was the carthage fostered by julius caesar and augustus which in time became the roman capital of north africa it had many theatres the remains of which stand today on the ruins of the old phoenician city it was a city of gladiatorial shows where christians were eaten by lions gored to death by wild bulls and slaughtered by gladiators on the hill where the museum is now i saw the tombs of saints perpetua and felicitas two young women who were killed in the arena 
later yet when rome was converted carthage still holding its place as one of the great ports of the world became the chief christian city of africa here st augustine studied and preached while near here st cyprian the martyr was killed when the vandals invaded africa they made carthage their capital it remained a great city until the seventh century when the mohammedan arabs came in and destroyed it since then carthage has been a quarry for the artistic material of all the palaces along the mediterranean sea in the great mosque of santa sophia at constantinople i saw marble columns that came from here many of the wonders of architectural rome originated in carthage and shiploads of its ruins have gone to palermo and other italian cities the palaces of the bay of tunisia are built of punic marble and as i have noted the bazaars of tunis are flanked with carthaginian marble columns which the arabs have painted over in red yellow and green stripes so that they now look like barber poles many of the houses of tunis contain materials from the same source and the ruins here have been furnishing building stone of all sorts for more than a thousand years during recent centuries the various museums of the world have been robbing this ancient city even travelers have been allowed to pick up and carry away what they pleased this is no longer permitted the french have established two great museums one on the site of old carthage and the other at the bardo in the palace of the bay and are trying to preserve what is left some books about africa will tell you that there is nothing of carthage now to be seen except a few broken down cisterns which once supplied the city with water this is not so the french have made excavations ever since they have had tunisia under their control not only here but in all parts of the country they have unearthed ruins that will compare with those of athens and rome suppose you could blot from the face of the united states either boston philadelphia or st louis suppose you could destroy all the buildings and cover them with earth then let them lie for decades and build other great cities on top then destroy those cities and let the storms and dust of a thousand years settle upon them and you may have some idea of the condition of the ruins of carthage you must add however the tombs in which the ancients were accustomed to put jewelry and other relics and imagine that the destruction was such that many of the belongings of the people were left in the debris it is now more than twenty seven hundred years since the first buildings of carthage were erected and many of the objects i have seen here are over two thousand years old as i went over the ruins i observed the arab farmers turning up fragments of pottery and pieces of marble which were parts of houses twenty centuries ago and i have been bothered all day by dark-faced mohammedans begging me to buy carthaginian coins in use long before christ and cameos the size of my fingernail which were probably worn in the rings of punic maidens when all the world was young i cannot begin to describe the extent of the ruins by this i do not mean the remains of great temples and palaces of theatres and tombs these are comparatively few but there are vast tracts covered with scraps of pottery pieces of broken marble half ground up bricks and bits of mosaic the sheep and goats feed among them and they are ploughed and harrowed and pulverized by cultivation to fertilize the crops of the present day 
my trip to carthage was over an excellent road which runs around the bay the scenery is beautiful and the flamingos wing over the water showing their pink plumage as they doubtless have done for centuries all along the roads we saw arabs cultivating their little farms here and there was a camp of bedouins watching their flocks and when we left the road and drove across the ploughed fields we passed through a lot of fat-tailed sheep and black goats driven by natives nearly all our way was over the ruins of carthage and part of it through what was almost the heart of the ancient city the ground was so covered with marble and pottery that we felt like getting out and looking for relics and indeed during the whole day my eyes have been searching among the stones in the hope of finding treasure we have had opportunity to purchase all sorts of coins and clay lamps some of the time of the romans and some dating back to the days of the phoenicians we first visited the amphitheatre where the gladiatorial shows were held it lies near an arab village and as i stood in it i heard the shrieking of a spanked baby filling the air which once resounded with the cries of the christian martyrs the cages for the wild beasts can be plainly seen also the great vaults below in which the martyrs waited the arena which is elliptical in shape covers more than an acre i paced it from one end to the other and according to my estimate it was about three hundred feet long and two hundred feet wide this space now lies about twenty-five feet below the level of the ground it contains marble columns broken and battered some of the seats and a few of the arches are still to be seen this theatre was described by an arab historian who was here eight hundred years ago according to his account there were five galleries and the building was the most beautiful of its kind ever known today i saw sheep and goats feeding on the edge of what must have been at one time the second gallery and a donkey was braying while i paced the arena the oldest and best known of the carthaginian ruins are the great cisterns built to supply the city with water they were of vast dimensions enormous barrel-shaped caverns four hundred and forty-three feet long and more than eighty feet in diameter they were surmounted by cupolas and were connected with pipes for distributing the water the largest of these cisterns are near an arab village and are now used as stables and dwellings they number twenty-four and cover many acres i went down into some of them in one i found a tiny gray donkey with a little arab girl standing beside it and in another an old hen with a flock of small chickens feeding about her a part of one cistern has been walled off as a haymow another is now an arab house and in a third i saw a bedouin woman grinding meal upon two stones that rested on the floor the dust of ages has filled these great caverns which now make an excellent protection from the weather as i made my notes within them i heard the cry of prayer from a mohammedan tomb near by there is no god but allah and mohammed is his prophet as i listened i thought of the people who drank the water from these cisterns five hundred years before the christian era and more than one thousand years before mohammed first saw the light of day in the deserts of arabia later in the day i visited the reservoirs on the other side of the town they are twenty-five hundred years old but the french have repaired them and they now supply water to the villages and towns about the water which comes from tunis is pumped in by steam engines 
the cisterns are thirty feet deep and something like six hundred feet long the engineer told me that he had about six million gallons in them at the time of my visit these cisterns as used by the carthaginians were first filled with rainwater but later on they were supplied by an enormous aqueduct erected by the roman emperor hadrian this brought the water from duga about eighty miles away it carried six million gallons a day and the water passed through underground canals and over valleys on magnificent arches to carthage the remains of this aqueduct can be seen in many places and at present parts of it have been so restored that it now supplies tunis with water the restoration which cost millions was done by a french engineer iron pipes have been used instead of the arches but the old masonry still upholds much of the works the water supply is far greater than it was in the days of the romans i have spent considerable time wandering through the old carthaginian cemeteries many tombs have been excavated and the dead of a dozen generations have been taken from their graves to be shown to us the heathen tourists of the present some of the tombs were far below ground and others almost at the surface from one cemetery they have taken two hundred and eighty-nine epitaphs and from another eight hundred including the names of librarians schoolmasters doctors soldiers nurses dancers and slaves some of the oldest tombs are triangular in shape others contained marble sarcophagi and in some were bodies of men and women loaded with jewels during my visit to the museum i saw many little stone boxes which were found full of charred ashes and bones they date back to the days of carthage the mighty and are supposed to have contained the ashes of children sacrificed to moloch this brazen punic god was made red-hot at the times of sacrifice and the children were placed in his arms it was the custom to give him not only little children but also young men and maidens the victims rolled down from his searing arms into the blazing furnace below the museum at carthage is filled with treasures which have been found in the ruins there are dice razors spectacles surgical instruments and thousands of clay lamps and casks of all kinds as far as ancient phoenician exhibits are concerned it is i doubt not the greatest storehouse of the world and in its relics of the roman period it compares favorably with many others more famous i was especially interested in the jewelry and other things which once belonged to the gay girls of the carthage of twenty-five hundred years ago there is a lock of hair from the head of a fair punic maiden there is a box of rouge with some of the paint still in the bottom and there are alabaster cases holding perfume and also pins mirrors trinkets and other gewgaws. there are golden necklaces of beautiful workmanship and hundreds of gold rings of all sizes from one small enough for a two-year-old baby to some which may have been wedding rings for twelve-year-old brides many of these rings are set with cameos and stones there are gold earrings by the hundreds and beautiful they are as i looked at them i asked the catholic white father beside me about the maidens who wore them so many centuries ago mentioning the mortality of all things earthly in reply he pointed to the shelves under the cases i looked and saw skulls and bones in great quantities remains of men women and children all mixed together then 
taking me to a marble sarcophagus nearby he showed me the bones of a young punic bow who lived centuries since i measured his skeleton and found it was six feet two inches in length on the finger of one hand there was a beautiful ring evidencing the vanity of its owner he may have been a friend of hanno or hannibal or perhaps only some newly rich man of the time who knows end of chapter twenty one